Welcome to the first episode of Slasher, I Hardly Know Her, a show where I, Alex, and Micah take a look at a different horror movie each episode and kind of give you the highs and lows, tell you what we think of them, give you the run-through, maybe some cool facts, uh, and different kinds of horror, too. Not just Slasher, don't be fooled by the title. I do like Slasher movies, but Micah, you like, uh, you know, Supernatural, even. I like good ones, you like shitty ones. It's not not true. I do enjoy a really bad horror movie. Uh, I love a good B horror movie. I love slasher flicks more than anything because they're actually scary because they, you know, theoretically could really happen. And uh, you like anything horror pretty much, right? I mean, I like it if it's good. I don't care what kind of horror movie it is if it's a werewolf, a vampire a uh, killer, a uh, ghost, as long as it's done well, and it gives me shivers. Yeah, you're more open-minded than me on horror. That I mean, there's no question. That's what I mean. That you don't like everything. You're just more open to everything. If it's a ghost, <laughs> I'm like out. I'm out immediately. Because uh, I just, you know, I just don't believe in ghosts. But anyway, so that's, that's what we're going to pick a movie. Uh, right now, I think we're picking movies that are on Shudder. Uh, because it's easy access for both of us, I think that's I think that's a cool idea. Uh, because you know we can watch it immediately. And so this week we picked one of my favorites. Was would you say I picked this one? I mean, I was watching it anyway, and then you kind of jumped on board. Oh no, you definitely picked this one. I had seen the box as a kid. I had seen the thumbnail pop up on Shutter, uh, but somehow I had never seen this movie. Well, a true slasher classic, uh, early enough that it's it's right in that sweet spot for slasher movies, but we're doing the original Sleepaway Camp. Uh, we both watched it. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, you should go see it immediately. There will be spoilers in this, but uh, basically, <clears throat> a little girl and her cousin go to uh, you know a summer camp. Uh, it appears that they're there for quite a while. I'm not sure how long the summer camp is, but they're there for a while. And then, of course, uh, people start getting killed. Uh, slowly but surely, campers, staff, they start getting killed. And then, in the end, big reveal who the killer is. And, and actually kind of wow. a, a I shocking wish you weren't cutting twist out so of much. it. You're not recording in a basement, are you? I am recording in my basement. I absolutely am. Because here's what I hear. I, I, in our sleepaway camp. Is <laughs> Is that true? I, I, I mean, like, I got the mic right by my face. And uh, I've got I've got a couple of bars. You know, I think it's only fitting that as we talk about a low-budget slasher, we, we should have a low-budget podcast. Well, again, the quality, you know, my apologies for the quality of my audio to anyone. I'm recording that on an iPhone because uh, Micah didn't give me the opportunity to set up another mic or anything for recording there. This is uh, not my fault. You should always be ready. I should always be ready. I will from now on, that's for sure. Am I still cutting out? Is that any better? Right now you sound smooth, smooth like butter. Smooth like butter. Okay, well, uh, big twist ending in this one. Uh, uh, I mean, the twist wasn't a tw that big. It's a pretty, well, okay. It's about a three-inch twist. 
Well played, Micah. Well played. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right into it. The movie opens up uh, with a couple of couple of kids on the crappiest little boat ever with, I guess, their dad, right? And uh, then tragedy ensues. Uh, did you... Did this scene... Did you forget it? Let me ask you this. Did you immediately forget about this scene after you were into the movie? Because it appeared to have nothing to do with it until like 45 minutes in. I, I was still in there. It's sitting in the back of my brain. I, I assumed it was unclear. Well, I mean, I just assumed they were brother and sister and father when this was going on. Uh, I think later you find out what, they were cousins? No, no. That was brother, sister, father. Brother's dead. Sister survives? Correct, sort of. Or so we think. Or so we think, yes. Uh, brother dies. I guess dad dies too because Angela, the surviving child, then goes to live with her <laughs> batshit crazy aunt. So we got kids on a lake, a girl jet skiing. There's a boy and a girl driving the jet ski. Uh, how, how, how do you think jet skis work? The, the jet skis are not like two people driving. Driving boat. the boat, pulling it's the jet ski. No, she's skiing. She's just a skier. Hey, Craig, how about letting me take her on one, huh? Come on, Marianne. You know I can't do that. Don't be such a stiff. I know how to drive these things. My old man's got one twice as big. Yeah, and is your old man going to give me a job when I get fired? Lighten up, will you? She's water skiing. There's two people yes, in pulling a her in a boat. There's no jet ski. <laughs> Did I say jet ski? Several times, at least twice. I'm, uh, you know, l- let me go ahead and say we're recording this in the morning. I'm not a morning person. Alex, on the other hand, wakes up at five, has his coffee, stares out at the birds in his yard. Uh, I stay in bed and, and try to find reasons not to get out of bed. Oh, God, not me. Not I, I got to get out. I got to do things. I got, you know. R2-D2 domes to 3D print and uh, and the like. Thank you for rubbing my depression in my face and advertising how you don't have well, it. Well, maybe you would uh, maybe you would be less depressed if you get into things like printing R2-D2 domes. Hmm? You're right, yeah. you're right. Okay, so there's three jet skis. Yeah, that's, that's where we are on we, this one. Uh so there's a there's a boat. They got a girl water skiing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not mm-hmm. jet skiing. Uh, and then they're going towards this dad and his son and daughter. The whole thing looked avoidable to me. I mean, they had time. There was a lot of things that dad could have done. He really dropped. Well, ball. and this I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, right prior to them getting hit, there's a shot where you know the boats. It's kind of like from the boat POV, and they're going straight at the boat, and you know bad things are going to happen. The boat is like five, ten feet from the shore, and the boat that's carrying the water skier is driving dead at the shore. So it's not like this happened out in the lake, which I think is what you're supposed to think. That one shot you know, gives it away that even if the boat wasn't there, uh, there was going to be tragedy because they were going full force straight into the land. And then, uh, but then when they actually do hit the boat, it cuts to a shot and, you know, the boat is skipping out, you know, into the lake. So, uh, but they were heading straight for the shore. Uh, Kind of a bad choice there by the director, but 
or the director of photography, I guess. I don't know. There's so much that dad could have done to save his children, though. I guess what I'm getting at is that he was a bad father, and he and both of his children deserve to die. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that at all. Did you see him tip over the boat? It was the most, like, it, it was the worst acting of tipping a boat ever in my life. He's like, you little scamps, and then he very clearly is the one that tips over the boat. I mean, I don't know if they were just short on film that day and they weren't like, hey, let's let's do this one again. That looked ridiculous. But they didn't, and that's what we got. And the water. And the kids there. I, why is the uh, the life jacket there all mangled? Or do we assume that got caught up in the uh, the engine of the boat that hit them? I can't. I think, yeah, I think we're supposed to assume that. That's, what, that's how the kid got killed. <sighs> we need to take a quick moment to talk about lake and water safety yeah that's that really i should have included that in the open it's a horror always look where you're driving don't look at the person behind you who on the jet ski yeah. uh <laughs> if, in fact if you're if you're Dread. on a jet ski just just don't operate it straight behind a boat Look where, if she was on a, Look where you're driving. The kids. water skier, the only one who gave a crap, by the way, that children had been mangled. Uh, you know, the she she spent a good you know 45 seconds screaming, "Help them! Somebody help them!" While everybody else just stared on. Uh, had she been in a jet ski, she could have zipped up to the boat and been like, "Hey, you're about to hit that other boat." So. That would have been hell long. All right, so we're two hours into the podcast. We've gotten halfway through the first mm-hmm. scene. I think that's how these things are supposed to work. Uh, should we talk about Sleepaway Camp overall? Uh, what What was your feel? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it well-made? Is it a piece of shit? How do you feel about it? I think, I wouldn't say it's well-made. I think it is a classic. I loved it when I was young. Again, I saw this when I was, you know, probably nine, ten years old. I don't know. Uh I really liked this movie back then. I love any camp slasher flick. That said, uh, looking at Wikipedia, it said that this was often at the time compared to Friday the 13th because it was at a, you know, it was a slasher at a camp, uh, campground. But Friday the 13th did this so much better. And Friday the 13th, you had no idea who the killer was. And this, I really felt, maybe I'm looking at it with, you know, knowing uh, who the killer is. But there, it, it makes it feel, because, you know, every time she, or, well, every time the killer walks up to someone, they always go, hey, what are you doing here? You know, like, oh, it's you. <laughs> you know, so, like, they are obviously trying to hide it from us. There's some whodunit aspect of this. And I felt like I knew who was done in it the whole time. I had only seen it for the first time. And... Uh... I mean, I kind of thought it was the, the girl, Angela, but then I was like, maybe that's what they want me to think, and it's actually going to be eh, whoever. Yeah, and then there's all the misdirection, like the uh, <laughs> the amazing camp owner uh, who, I, I don't know, that guy seems so familiar, but I can't name one thing he was ever in. I mean, I don't have my phone here on me, so I can't IMDB him, but uh, he was both the best and the worst, but he, they used him to make you think that Ricky might be the killer. Ricky the cousin. Angela's cousin. Who yes, is, who, Ricky. Might have been Ricky. Who is a ladies' man, the coolest guy at camp, uh, upon arrival. He's got it all out. And I'm not sure why he 
had been to camp so many times, but he's telling Angela, oh, you know, like, you know, like, last summer I did this, and last summer I did that. No, this, you know, this chick, me, went steady. Uh, why hadn't Angela been going to camp? Why is this her first time to go to camp? I mean, they've been living together since she was a little kid. Mm, I guess they don't like her. There's not enough money. The mom, she the aunt, camp. Ricky's mom and Angela's aunt is a doctor. So, I... Is this the overdramatic woman who does the... <laughs> The weird talking. Yeah. My my wife does a, a fantastic impression of that woman. But yeah, you know. Oh. Why is she like that? She's the only character in the whole movie who who's that unnatural and over the top in her delivery of her. Well, lines. I think she's a lunatic. I mean that's clever I mean that's clear. She's obviously a lunatic and that was a choice that the actress made and she has this very uh I don't know, what would you say, like nineteen forties actress stage actors kind of way of talking no that will do it all now will it mm, no i don't think it will Mm-mm. look what i did i packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride up to camp wasn't that nice of me hmm? any chips why of course i believe there's a whole bag she's just she is something else. She's amazing. And it had been years since I had seen that. Uh, and I kind of forgot about her. And she was amazing. He's like a failed Mary Poppins understudy. Yeah, she kind of looks like... Oh! <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish uh, my wife was down here. I'd have her do an impression for you really quick. She's very good at it. Much better than I am. Um, Okay, help me remember the order things happen. We start off, we've got the mm-hmm. lake, we've got the water skiing, not mm-hmm. jet skiing accident. Yeah. Uh, Dad's dead. Angela survives. Mm-hmm. And then, is that when we cut to the crazy mom, or do we go straight to camp after No, that? we cut to the crazy mom because the crazy mom's preparing them to send to camp. She's, she's giving right, them like a bag right. of chips and some snacks for the way, and she's like, wasn't that so kind of me? Yes, I think it was. Uh and oh, mom. And she mentions there that uh, that she's the one who filled out the physical forms to go to camp. And then she's like, "Don't, don't tell anybody at the camp that I'm the one that filled out your physicals." Although she is a doctor, they were like, she was very clear. Don't tell them about that. And I guess that pops up later. Oh yeah, it mm-hmm. does pop up, doesn't it? So now they go to camp, and <laughs> what I loved about this was every child. For like a solid five minutes that gets off those bus, it is maniacal child running. They are running as hard as they can from the moment they get off the bus. You can see it on the, uh, I, I took note of a couple of like, you know, these are extras. And looking at their faces, and I don't know if they just made them do it a lot, but these kids are tired. They are running hard. And like, and they're not going to like some like central area where a counselor is going to be like, all right, you're in cabin A, you're in cabin B. They are all hauling ass as fast as they can from the bus to the cabins that they already know they're in. Yes, and they're going nuts, and there's some real, real safety hazards going on. We've got kids coming out of a bus, a yellow bus, as another bus is pulling up dangerously close to where the kids (laughs) are exiting. Uh, You couldn't get away with that now, only in 83. No, it was like, and that probably is how it was in 83, but it was like, uh, it was kind of like Lord of the Flies there for a second. I mean, everybody's running and screaming and cars are pulling up and there's, there's like nobody organizing anything. It was, it was pretty impressive. And of course they, 
then run by the kitchen staff uh, where the one gym uh, refers to the young ladies as baldies. <sighs> yeah. How about yeah. that? Now, there's something you couldn't get away with now. That guy was disgusting. He's gross right out of the gate. The kids are running in. There's something about baldies, bald chickens. Uh, anyway, all, all hey, the- call, I got I, I got it written down here. They call them baldies. That is his line. Look at all that young, fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? <sighs> that was upsetting. We, we were watching that movie going, can they? Can they do this? Can they say that? And the other guys, the other kitchen staff next to him, complicit. They're just laughing along. Party. <laughs> they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. Then, good buddy, there ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. <laughs> Casual pedophilia. <laughs> and you pointed out that guy who does have that line there is none other than the father of James Earl Jones Jr., apparently. Yeah, yeah. Because he's James Earl Jones Sr., right? He, Yeah, Robert Earl Jones. James oh, Earl yeah, Jones' yeah, yeah. Right. father, uh, who I think he didn't actually get to know James until James was in his 20s because James Earl Jones' mother and he uh, separated, <laughs> divorced, something like that. But James Earl Jones' dad, the uh, this guy from this movie, he's he's a he's a damn hero. I was reading about the guy. He used to spar with Joe Lewis. He uh, was in Broadway. He was in a bunch of movies. I think he was in the one with Harrison Ford. What was it? The first movie you ever saw that was uh, R-rated. A witness. The witness. Yeah. First first R-rated movie I ever saw. He was in The Sting. Anyway, how does that make him a hero? He sparred with boxers and. Starred in movies and he's a he hero. He was in a Langston Hughes play. Langston Hughes like the guy. Does that make him a hero? I mean, he's my hero. Anybody that <laughs> sparred with Joe Lewis, that's pretty cool. Come on, I'd love to have that on my resume. Sure, that'd be, yeah. But I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Micah, my buddy Micah, he's a hero. Oh. <laughs> he sparred with Joe Lewis once. When you go back and you look over Robert Earl Jones's, you know, different memorials, Wikipedia pages, or like L.A. Times, some other publications ran stories about him. You know what? No mention of sleepaway camp. <laughs> they talk about all the plays and movies he say. did, but they don't bring up sleepaway camp. Well, I can't say as I'm mildly surprised by that, but I also like that when I watch a movie, I'll often go down the rabbit hole of, how it was made, where it was made, you know, who did that. <laughs> you went down a James Earl Jones's dad rabbit hole. You know everything about the guy now. And he's become your hero. Well, I saw his name was Robert Earl Jones, and I wanted to know, how's that? Are there a lot of Earl Jones running around? Turns out it's, it's his dad. Aisha, my better half, sitting next to me watching the movie, she said, I thought that guy liked to look a lot like James Earl Jones. Yeah, he looks like him, and he sounds just like him, too. But, I mean, I guess vice versa, but whatever. But back to Baldies. And that seems like a good time for a break. <sighs> What's the matter? Don't have your mojo today? Uh-uh. Well, I think I've got something for you. You do? Yeah, try this. <laughs> Werewolf energy drink. Unleash the beast. 
May cause. Okay, definitely causes diarrhea. Let's get let's get back to Bali. Let's not let's not uh, glint over that. Let's jump right in there. <laughs> uh, so pedophilia was funny and lighthearted humor in 1983. Is that is that the deal, or was this movie controversial? There's no way this movie was controversial. That was just a. I mean, like it was it was meant to be cringeworthy. I'm sure, right? But. It's a level of cringeworthy that you would have to ride around today, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. That was <laughs> disgusting. That pedophile, and he, I mean, he was you were supposed to be disgusted by him, and that's just the method they chose to make you the most disgusted by him. Well, it worked. I did not like that guy. Did not like that guy. Uh, I'll tell you who I did like. Although I will say I had a lot of trouble telling who was a counselor and who was a camper. Uh, for some of them, I mean, little kids, you could tell were campers, but there was those in-betweens where it's like, was Judy a counselor or a camper? I don't know, but the, the shaved leg, the muscle guy, that counselor, the only good guy really in the whole movie, other than Ricky, who has anger problems we can talk about, but, uh, the counselor, he, he's kind of got the Sylvester Stallone look, his shorts could not be shorter, Huge, huge <laughs> arms, uh, and he and uh, very obviously shaven legs. Loved that guy. He was very likable. He was trying his damnedest to be a good counselor and keep these kids happy and safe. Ronnie, that's his name. Was it Ronnie? Played by one Paul D'Angelo. Paul D'Angelo needed more work. I don't know if he was in anything else or if you know he had any kind of storied career, but that man deserves more work. He was great. Uh, I'd like to see him in more. He uh, made me wish I worked out more. Wow. Great looking man. Very handsome. Cut up. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely working on those biceps and working on those <laughs> those pecs. Uh, he doesn't skip leg day either. He does not skip leg day, which so doesn't. many of us do, uh, which is just, you know, skinny legs and look like you just topple over. Not him. He was a solidly built man. And, again, legitimately trying to help those kids. Uh, not like Artie is the name of the guy, the pedophile that we can't stand. I've got that written down here, Artie. And he is actually, you know what, he meets Angela because, would you say the good guy's name is? Uh, Ronnie. Ronnie. Ronnie realizes Angela hasn't been eating or whatever, or is depressed or whatever. So he's like, let's see if we can get something for you that you like. So he takes, of course, he does the worst thing he can do. He takes her into the kitchen where our man Artie is, the pedophile cook, is cooking up dinner. And, of course, he's going to take her into the walk-in to see if he can find anything that she likes. And, you know, when he meets her, he's drinking a beer. So the cooks are allowed to just openly drink at this camp, I guess. Yeah, all cooks drink. Chefs drink. It's a thing. Yeah, but at a summer camp? Everywhere. And there are fly strips. Did you notice the fly strips in this movie? Jesus, that's a lot of dead flies right there <laughs> next to where you're cooking the they food. They were everywhere, too. They were in the mess hall. They were, I mean, like I completely got the impression that those fly st strips were not a prop. They were there you know, to serve the purpose that they were there for. Those were not prop flies. <laughs> uh, this camp, by the way, looks a lot like every summer camp I've seen in every movie. Correct. I was watching it. I'm like, is this where they shot Wet Hot American Summer? Uh, 
It's not, but it looks a lot like the same camp. Well, it's funny that you say that because I think it's this movie. Uh, yeah, I listened to uh, the how did how did this get made about Sleepaway Camp. It was the first how did this get made that I ever listened to. I don't know if you listen to that podcast, but you should. It's hilarious. Uh, and they did this movie. It's the first one I ever listened to years ago. And I remember them talking about uh, Ken Marino from Wet Hot American Summer based his character in Wet Hot American Summer on, I think, Ronnie and then, like, one other guy. Uh, I love Ken Marino. I do. I love Ken Marino. I do, too. The, the guy, you know, and I did not initially like him. I kind of didn't like him at first. And then I saw everything he was ever in, and he's just hilarious. He's always funny. He's, uh, uh, what was the movie he was in? Uh, Wanderlust. He plays Paul Rudd's uh, older brother, and he's he's a real asshole, and he's so good at it. <laughs> he he does play a good asshole, but he's really funny. I mean, he yeah, Kid Marino's great. I would love... Ricky, Ricky, suck my dicky. Don't hate me because it's extra thicky. Is that from Wet Hot American Summer? No, that's from Wonderlust. Oh. Uh, he, he's uh, Paul Rudd's his brother, and he's giving him a hard time. When you and I were filming our skits during quarantine about Wet Hot American Summer, you had seen Wet Hot American Summer then, right? Like you? Yes, I I think I saw that pretty close to when it came out back in yeah. the day because I love the Stella guys, uh, Michael yeah. Ian Black, Showalter, and, yeah. and uh, David Wayne. Yeah. Those guys are hilarious. And that whole troop was together back on the state on MTV back in the nineties. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely the nineties. No question. The state was in the nineties. All right. Okay. Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. I also thought you would appreciate this, and I'm I'm betting that you noticed this. I can't imagine you of all people not noticing this. Did you see in the kitchen up on the shelf there was a box and the label or like the the logo on it was topless green onions. No. Oh, man. I thought for sure that would be a mica spot. The brand was nah, I topless. Tur- I turned away. I looked away when that happened. I see. Well, that sounds like you. Uh, so- I'd seen all the flies on the fly strips, and it grossed me out. I looked away, looked and away. I missed the topless green beans. Well, I'd tell you what you didn't miss. <laughs> that gigantic pot of boiling water. It was- It's the biggest pot I've ever seen. It was like a water heater. A hot water heater. I mean, it was huge. <laughs> This pot is what approximately four feet tall ish. Four feet tall and a girl, because he does say "add a girl" to the pot. So add a girl. It's a female mm. pot. Uh, yeah, that was you know, and that I also want to point out that this horrible cook Artie, who was also you know just this awful pedophile, he's still salt in the water and stuff. So he cares about how his food tastes. He cares about the food that he's feeding these campers. He wants it to be good. He's a yeah, he's a he's a he's a conscientious pedophile. He, I mean, yeah, he wants to touch the kids, but he wants them to have a good meal before he does. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I mean, but he did care uh, so much so that he gets up on a chair over the boiling water. <laughs> I'm not sure why he'd have to do that over the pot. And uh, then, then of course, someone walks in. Who knows who? And we should say that he does. He does try to molest. Angela in that walk-in, right? I bet we can find something interesting in the walk-in. You never know what you can find in there. Yeah, that's right. He, he doesn't pussyfoot around either. It's like, hey, he can get you something to eat. She goes back. He's like, 
come back into the freezer. We'll look. And then within, what, 60 seconds, yeah, he's undoing yeah, his real pants? Yeah, real fast, straight away. And then she, like, takes off, right? I mean, she just hauls ass out of there, right? So yep. then, cut to, he's, you know, salt in the pot of water, stands up on a chair to do so, and uh, realizes somebody comes in the room and gives the... <laughs> the line from this movie every time the killer's there, hey, what are you doing here? Or something like that. It's like, what hey, are you doing it's here? you. Uh, that person, this faceless killer, we see, I think POV, we see the killer's hands yank, like rattle the chair and yank the chair and he falls and, you know, pours, like pours the boiling water on him from this, again, like, what is it, 300 gallon pot? And, uh, Oh, and it should be mentioned that uh, Artie weighs somewhere around 730 pounds, yeah, and a small child's hand is pulling this chair out from under him. But also, all he had to do was step down. He's not precariously like placed over the pot. He literally would just have to step down off the chair as soon. You know, instead, he stands up there yelling, What are you doing? Stop it! What are you doing? And then, <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. I mean, he is two feet off of the ground on a chair that he could just step off of. But he doesn't. He grabs a pot and all over him. He screams. And there was actually some pretty good special effects, I thought, on the burn there, like on his face. Um, oh, yeah. One of those little blisters yes, on his it cheek moved. Was, bo- was boiling. It's like... Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I thought that was a surprising special effects for this one. I don't know who did the special effects for this, but that was that was good. I thought that was good. Then he gets carted off into the ambulance and... <laughs> and the uh i guess it's the medical examiner whoever is is talking to the our camp counselor that we love ronnie and then the disgusting camp owner mel mel and mel who's always got a cigar yes, always, always every scene and black socks pulled up to his knees in his shorts and his tennis shoes uh and apparently uh catnip for the ladies we can we can get into that i don't really understand that but hell <laughs> But I love that Ronnie thinks to ask the medical examiner, you know, he's like, oh, he's, the medical examiner's like, he's burned over all his body. It's like, you know, some degree burns or whatever. And Ronnie goes, how are his eyes? <laughs> well, he's badly burned all over, especially his face. How about his eyes? <laughs> it's like, why would, you, why would you ask that? It's exactly, exactly what I've gotten written here. How is his eye? How are his eyes? It's like. <laughs> Too early to tell. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so oh, we should take another quick PSA moment. Uh, Mel, who is always smoking a cigar, the actor Mike Ellen went on to die from lung cancer at the age of 61. Is so that true? Smoke, kids. That's terrible. Oh, yeah, young guy. That's terrible. I mean, his character is pretty bad, but I don't know. His character is just kind of a sicko. The guy who plays uh, Mel, the cigar man, uh, I guess he does he own the camp or just run it? I'm not sure. Uh, I think he, he owns was, it. He, that dude was doing uh, movies way back in the day, like old black and white movies. He did one where he was in a Jerry Lewis movie. Yeah, he's pretty old in this. I mean, he's easily, I mean, he's in his, he's probably in his late 50s, mid to late 50s, and that's not old. But in 1983, that was pretty old. You know what I mean? Like, like he was the equivalent of a 65-year-old man now. That was the last thing he ever did. I mean, not the last thing he ever did in life. <laughs> this but movie, the movie, <laughs> they struck him dead right at the rap party. He, he did. He died. The movie came out, what, it was done in 1983, and he died in 1983. Is that true? 
Yeah. That's depressing. Well, the internet says so. Well, that's, I mean, if it's on the internet, you know it's true. So uh, we then cut to, so that's our first death, right? That's our first kill. And then we see quite a menagerie of buff men in half shirts. I think that's how you tell who the counselors are, for the most part, is they're pretty fit guys, and they, they wear, like, you know, half shirts so that you can yeah, see their stomach. No. I think that's, the movie made me sad the whole time I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I should work out. <laughs> I need to go to the gym more. Oh. Well, they, I thought kind of the same thing. I was like, man, all all the you know developments in fitness that have happened since 1983, and these guys were doing just fine with those little belts you yeah. put around your waist and they shake you and <laughs> they just bench press each other. <laughs> this reminds me. That's what you do in 1983. You just grab your buds and you guys all. Yeah, well, well, what other. else do you do? You can't surf the internet, so, you know, you got to do that. I used A lot to, of crop tops, too. Holy cow. That's what Some I'm of the saying. the shortest crop tops I've ever seen. I mean, well, they were just, just below the nipple. <laughs> yeah, there was one guy who I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it a half shirt. It was easily like an eighth shirt. It was, I mean, it was almost <laughs> just a collar and sleeves. And I think the sleeves are cut off. Uh, was, also, a lot show, showing a lot of brain. These, uh, these shorts they're wearing... Uh, a lot of it's it's not right in your face, but it's pretty close to your face. There's definitely we could see penis and balls. We were oh. like, wow, I think I see that guy's junk. Oh yeah, I mean they were. <laughs> it was the thinnest fabric possible. I don't know if that was a thing of the '80s. And a lot of those shorts, like I remember those shorts. But in one scene, a guy actually like grabs his penis, like as a joke to say something, like, "Hey, I don't remember <laughs> what it is," and he's literally grabbing his penis. I mean, it is very obvious. I think they should have called it penis camp. <laughs> and I assume they must have been wearing their own clothes because it was just a menagerie of things. I took some notes here of what was on the shirts. One guy's, oh, yeah. One guy's Dude, shirt we loved just, the clothes. Yeah. One guy's shirt just said Jeff, like up, up, like where a name tag would be. It just said Jeff. There was an athlete's foot shirt. And then uh, my wife picked this one. Uh, she There was a shirt that just said jogging. It's like, it's like what? What is that? Why do you wear a jogging shirt that says jogging? One of the other kids was wearing an Asia shirt. Asia, the band, oh, the band. Okay. And then one of the kids had a shirt that said Tequila Sunrise. Oh, nice. I, so I think this was. I don't think there was a, a wardrobe department necessarily. I mean, there probably was, but I think these kids were probably wearing a lot of their own shirts. I'm um, watching this, and I was wondering, like, who were these kids? Were these the cool kids? Were, did anybody know these kids? Were they dressed cool? Were they nerds? I, I, I don't. I want to know how cool the cast of Sleepaway Camp was in 1983. Well, I think they represented like the whole gamut, right? It was like a high school class. There were the cool kids. There were the nerds. There were the jocks. They were all there, man. Mm. Mm. Okay, so we don't really see the first murder camera kind of goes away and we get the aftermath of our already boiling already boiling yeah and that happens a lot in the movie you don't see a lot of the kills they they look away from the kills they do uh in fact there's one later when all the little campers get killed and really all you see but i mean granted they are little children so you don't want to see that of course but uh you bloody sleeping bags yeah and then like you know it's about to happen because you see a hatchet raised in the air and that's it, you know? 
And you can't. Trust I was trying to tell were there kids in the sleeping bags. I just saw bloody sleeping bags. I think it's supposed to look like there's children in there, but I couldn't really tell. Yeah, uh, those it, are the kids that the counselor left there because like two of the kids are like, I'm cold. I want to go. I want to go back. And so he like gives in, takes them back, and leaves the other kids uh, sleeping in the sleeping bag. When he gets back, they've been butchered. And everybody, I mean, we should just say, I mean, Angela is the killer. If you if you haven't seen this movie since 1983, it is Angela. And everyone that is killed wronged Angela. That's why you think it's either Ricky or Angela or whatever. But you think, well, those little kids didn't. Actually, they did. Like, early in the movie, she's, like, out on the dock and she doesn't want to swim or whatever. And all the little, little kids are in the shallow thing and they're throwing water on Angela. They're splashing her as she's walking away. It's not, like, a big deal, but those are the little kids that get killed in their sleeping bag. Ah, don't yeah. fuck with Angela. Right, that's that's the next PSA. So uh, we move into the dance. Uh, there's a, there's pretty often a dance. They seem to have one every night or whatever, some kind of social thing where they're in there dancing. And Ricky shows up in his pimp hat. That hat is amazing. <laughs> that thing was, I mean, like he brought that hat to camp. That was premeditated. Or did he find it there? I don't know. Well, it's not a theater camp, although... By you know the way, what? I bet he blew Artie. He saw the hat. Artie had a cool hat, and he was like, eh, I'll give you the hat, kid. you got to give me something first. I don't think that is what happened, because Ricky would never stand for it. Ricky has anger problems. He uh, does have a temper. That's how he gets it out of his system, by feverish, violent sex sessions with the cook, Artie. See, now you're the pedophile. <laughs> Which is okay in 1983. Right, but we are in 2021, so... Oh, that's right, that's right. Oh, God, this movie's old. Yeah, it, I, I was what, two years old when it came out, which means you were uh, 26. <laughs> yeah, I am quite a bit older than, uh, <laughs> than you. Uh, so, uh, that's not true for the people at home. I'm not very much older than uh, Micah. But you'll always be older than me. I will always be older. That that is true. And you get to die first. I don't know. We've both lived some pretty interesting lives, so it'll. <laughs> we'll see who did the most damage to themselves in our younger years. I am the picture of mental and physical health. Sure, you just told me that you felt bad about yourself looking at all these men uh, in their half shirts because you needed to work out. <sighs> Also, for listeners at home, I did used to work out with Micah quite a bit. Uh, we don't live in the same city anymore. Uh, and Micah would uh, th- <laughs> throw down his weights at the end of his set and yell, Fitness! <laughs> out into the gym. <laughs> that, that is a true story, and it was amazing. Should we talk about more kills? We've talked about the water boiling. We've got the kids who get hatcheted to death. Can you use hatchet as a verb? I think you have to. They get hatcheted to death in their sleeping bags. Uh, we've got the bees. Well, wait. I mean, we, we've we got kills before the bees. There's, the canoe. Yeah. The canoe Artie's is first. What was the second kill? The canoe death is the next one. Okay. Which it, <laughs> another very reasonable death that makes total sense. Nothing about that made sense. So, so... Is it 
it's not Angela. So all the kids go skinny dipping, basically. And unless I'm wrong, I think one of the counselors is trying to convince the girls to go skinny dipping. It's at night. And again, really hard to tell who's a counselor and who's not. There's the one guy who wears like the eighth shirt and he kind of looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was never clear whether he was a counselor or not. Definitely kind of a bully. But anyway, he's convincing these girls to go skinny dipping. None of them are in, but all the guys are in. So they, you know, hop in. And then one of the girls goes out in a canoe with one of the guys. And I don't remember which girl it is or which guy it is. He dumps the boat, right? He does that on purpose, right? Yes, he's rocking the boat back and forth. She's like, no, stop it. Right. This isn't and, funny. And then and, uh, she yeah. immediately, is, she's pissed, and she immediately swims back to shore. Like, he sees it. He sees that she's swimming away. She's going far away. Right. She's not anywhere near him anymore. Nowhere near She's him. gone. So he goes Go. under the canoe and starts yelling her name where she yeah. can't hear it. I'll come back. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. He's like saying her name, whatever her name is. You know, he's like, "Uh, come back. Where are you? Leslie. Leslie. Hey. Hey, you. I mean, she obviously, he's like under the turned over canoe in the water still. Of course she cannot hear him. He saw her swim away. And he's still, hey. And then, of course, the, the scene a head pops up into the canoe, and he says, Oh, you! What are you doing here? What the hell are you doing here? I bet the rest of the boys will be interested in seeing you. <laughs> uh, and then she, you know, he puts puts her hand on his head and puts him underwater. He, much larger than she, uh, however, she must have been really strong because uh, he drowns very easily. She gently pushes his head underwater and then his hands <laughs> pop out of the water and then he just kind of does his finger. He kind of does spirit fingers in the air. Not even, <laughs> not even like he's struggling. I mean, it doesn't even look like he's struggling. It's just, and then, you know, he's dead. His body is found the next day uh, which I have to say, pretty cool special effects. Uh, looks good. He really, does look good. He looks, he looks great. Yeah. He he looks, looks I mean, it, it looks like a, it looks like a real person, but obviously it's not because a little water snake or whatever comes crawling out of the dude's nose, and Ooh. then and then he's been eaten by like snapping turtles or something. It looks pretty good. Yeah, snakes and turtles. Well, he talked about the snakes and turtles. He did right before that. So you're you know like you know that that's a thing that exists and that explains it. Um, the next death is your uh, hornet's nest or bee's nest or whatever. It's got to be a hornet's Well, no, no, no. It was, it was a beehive, whatever. You know so what I- he goes in. We've got another boy who, who fucked with Angela. Uh, he goes to, I, I think he's got to do a little number two. Yeah, he, he says closes he, the I stall door. he says door. he has to take a wicked dump. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of great lines in this movie, by the way. We should get to those at some point. Um, he's in there, and then somebody puts what looks like a broom handle through the uh, the handle of the, uh, like a broomstick through the handle of the stall so he right. can't get out. Mm-hmm. And then a knife cuts open the screen above him. And he's, he's dropping his and he, and he hears that. Because he's yeah. like, hey, guys, get out of here, whatever. But Come doesn't, on. doesn't look up to see the knife slitting open the thing. He just knows something's happening. 
And they weren't quiet. They, 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 no, it was a dramatic all. knife cut of a scream. Yeah. And then the bees come in. Yeah, a, uh, a beehive on a stick. Which is <laughs> is a creative way. I mean, if you knew somebody was allergic to bees, then I guess that's pretty creative. But there's no reason. <laughs> they keep cutting to below the door. So you see that he could easily, like, get out, right? He could, Absolutely. He could easily get out. But what I, what I also see is he never stands up. He's still just sitting on the toilet. Even while being attacked by bees and screaming, he's still sitting on the toilet. He's not standing up. He's not freaking out. He's still sitting down. He couldn't pinch one. I guess I it was, was, uh, maybe it, he was mid mid poo, and he's like, "Oh, bees!" But I got <laughs> I got to finish the job. It's a situation where you really got to get your priorities straight. But yeah. he could have gone under the stall. Absolutely. Hell, he could have gone out the very convenient slit that had been cut in the window Correct. above him. And this kid is the most allergic to bees of anyone who has ever existed, because my God. His body. It looked. It looked like he had been like run across a massive cheese grater. Like they show his body, and they're the worst beasting wounds in the history of beasting wounds. Not only did these bees sting him, but they bore holes into <laughs> yeah. his face. These like, were uh, termites on steroids. I right. mean, he's got some nasty wounds going on. And mind you, this is you know this is forty years before murder hornets, so. <laughs> Which I'm not even sure would do this. This guy is torn up by bee stings. It is bad. Um, and then the next death is those kids that we talked about in the in the sleeping bags. Yep. yep. And and that you know that camp counselor. I don't know if he ever dies, but he absolutely. If not, he's still haunted by that decision to this day. He decides to take the two whiny kids back that want to go back, and he kind of looks back at the kids that are sleeping in the sleeping bags and he's like god you know should i leave them it's like ah oh, no i will takes the kids back comes back all the kids that he left in the sleeping bag have been hatcheted wildly and mel the uh cigar man mm-hmm. anytime somebody gets hurt he doesn't really get concerned he immediately goes into cover-up mode oh yeah how do we brush this under the rug Right, this under the rug. We got to keep this hidden. Don't tell the. We don't want to panic anybody. This kid just drowned. That was a thing. This kid just drowned, and then uh, Robbie talking to the uh, cop. We should talk about that cop early in the movie. Beautiful mustache. Late in the movie, I don't know what happened, but (laughs) but very bad fake mustache. I mean, like, like they didn't even try. It was like a piece of cardboard that they had just like licked and stuck to his face for those <laughs> last scenes. <laughs> but in the, at the start of the movie, it's a real mustache. I mean, it's not fake. This cop's mustache is real. I don't know if they had to do some reshoots or what, but uh, yeah, by the end of the movie, it is the worst fake mustache anyway. But uh, Robbie, isn't that the co- counselor we like? Robbie? We love Robbie. Ronnie. Love- Ronnie, we love Ronnie, and Ronnie, uh, the cop's like, weren't you trying to say something? And and he's like, well, you know, I was just going to tell you that that kid, the one that died in the canoes, like, he was always a real strong swimmer. Great so like, swimmer. Yeah, and so probably didn't drown. Um, now, we also should talk about uh, Mel. Mel has, he wrangles a date with Meg, who I do believe is a counselor, Right. 
Wait, wait, wait. Mel, the cigar man who's trying to sweep all these deaths under the rug, he gets a date with Meg. Yeah, Meg, the counselor, she's she's like the head of that cabin. She's, you know, maybe 17 years old. Yeah. He, he, again, probably, you know, 65 years old. Uh, and he's, you know, sitting at the dance or whatever, and she comes up. She's like, remember that dinner you promised me? And he's like, yeah, about 9.30 at my cabin. Uh and then she goes back to the uh, she goes back to her cabin because she's going to get ready and she's talking to Judy the bully. We've not talked about Judy at all. Uh, and she she was like, "What are you you know What are you doing?" And she's like, "I got a hot date. You don't remember this?" Uh, I got nothing. Yeah, she's like, "I got a hot date," and she doesn't tell you with who or anything, but it is with Mel again, the man that is you know easily 40 years older than she is and gross more casual pedophilia yeah absolutely. one of the staples of sleepaway camp no way she's 18 but she is excited about her hot date later at his house so she goes to the cabin she can't get in the shower and she's like is the shower next door open judy's like yeah i think so so she goes and showers by herself in the next cabin over where she is almost immediately killed a uh, knife through the shower wall. Yeah. This is the back. only murder you really see, like, any action. You know, everything else, yeah, they, they pan or tilt away. This one, you, you actually see some knife action. Yeah, Going it, through the wall, blood's coming out of the wall. It's and Meg, nasty kill. And Meg makes absolutely no effort to pull away from the knife at all. I mean, like, if you backed into a wall that had, like, you know like a burr on it or a thorn. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> you'd go forward. This knife full force goes through. She makes no effort. She stands right up against the wall and takes it. I don't know. I can't explain what was going through it. Maybe she was confused. Maybe she's just like, ah, sudden back pain. <laughs> Shouldn't have swam in the lake so long. Ah. But slits her all the way from like the top of her body to, you know, like her waist. I mean, it is a, it is a severe cut. Which uh, apparently stops bleeding faster than any wound ever because when they find the body, there's no blood. Just a well-manicured slit from, you know, the top of her back to her lower back. And it is uh, Mel that finds her because she didn't show up for the date. So he walks in and, <laughs> and the music gets really loud here while he does his little soliloquy talking to himself. But he's convinced it's Ricky that killed her. He's absolutely convinced. He's like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you know, Meg, I promise I'll avenge you or whatever. Like he's all of a sudden he was in Meg, he was in love with Meg all this time. And uh, he can't he can't stand that Ricky's killed her. So he's going after Ricky. Hey, you're you're a horror movie buff. Uh, you watch a lot of slashers. Can you help me understand where all the blood went? In she Meg's? was violently knifed to well, death know, she, in a shower. She, she was in the shower. So it washed away. That's what the I'm... shower gets turned off. She cleans the knife, the killer. Oh, that's right. She cleans the knife in the she shower. She turns off the shower when they find the body, which just uh, somehow was it still standing up? 
because she falls out, correct? <laughs> yeah, she falls out as like the moment that Mel arrives, she falls out onto him for no discernible reason. <laughs> he doesn't like open it and she falls out, like you know, in like a Halloween movie or something. Uh, uh, she and just, it was a curtain, so it's not like yes. she could have been leaning on the curtain. No, uh, she was not leaning on the curtain. She just <laughs> she <laughs> falls out she with lunges a out bloodless of the wound. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow the blood is evaporated i i don't know where the blood went i think it was a poor choice i think they thought well she shouldn't have as much blood on her because she was in the shower that's probably what they thought but you're right it was a complete lack of blood it is like a very clean it looks like an autopsy cut she's got a lot of platelets even in death yep 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 good for her good for her not good for ricky who's now blamed by mel for killing her i know you did it ricky yeah, I'm gonna get you. I'll. I promise you, Meg. I'll, I'll get him. All right. Who dies next? Uh, next death is Judy. So we should probably talk about Judy. Judy's mean. Judy is the absolute ultimate mean girl. She dated Ricky the summer before, or as he says it, they went steady. They went steady. That's right. That's right. And then uh, the blows him off though at the beginning. Blows him. Off. Well, she's matured. She tells him that. You know, girls mature uh, sooner than boys, she tells him. And to which he replies, you know, that that's bullshit, Judy, and you know it. Just <laughs> <laughs> absolute wonderful line. And then, uh, you know, we also haven't talked about there is a boy that likes Angela. Uh, it's Ricky's buddy. What's his name? Ooh, Paul. Paul. Paul likes Angela. He's got a crush on her. Talks to her throughout the whole thing. Kind of brings her out of her shell when she gets there. She's not talking at all. She eventually starts talking more because of Paul, I think. Talking to Paul. And uh, at the very, I mean, like very first scene of the camp, Paul and Ricky are kind of catching up. And then he turns back. It's like, hey, this is my cousin Angela. This, hey, Angela, this is Paul. And Paul's like, hey, good to meet you, Angela. And she doesn't say anything because she's a weirdo. And then he walks like five feet away and then he turns back to Ricky and he's like, oh, and have you seen Judy? <laughs> like makes <laughs> makes the sign with his hands that you know she's got huge boobs now. And ah, boobs. I gotta say, uh, Judy does not have huge boobs. She doesn't, you know. But yeah, uh, no, no, she doesn't. I, I'm she, trying to think of a way to justify them, but no, she doesn't really. I'm sure that she has matured over the summer, as as uh, Paul is pointing out there. But she does not have huge boobs. Um, but I remember being a boy. We we were excited when any kind of when those mounds first showed up. We were like, "Oh see, my god!" You again? I think I see the suggestion. You of again boobs. are the pedophile because we'd all looked like little boys up to that point. That is true. I mean, I mean, Judy was right. It was not bullshit. Girls do mature faster than boys. There's no question. I remember that in middle school. I remember the summers coming back for the first day of school. It was like, wow, that's bullshit. And you know it. <laughs> But I, yeah, I remember coming back and the girls looked like they'd grown 30 feet. And here I was still, you know, four foot two and looked exactly like I did before the summer that I spent reading comic books in my bedroom. Oh, buddy, third grade. I had a crush on Alana. Mm. And she was maybe a head taller than me. We didn't care because all the girls were getting taller than we were. And so, yeah, it was yeah. just it was just part oh, of it. She stole my heart. But yeah, I had to look up. Uh, my first guest, Sarah. She was always a foot taller than me, easy. And uh, I don't know what she's doing today, but I bet she's a good two feet taller than me now. She was tall. Mm. 
So, uh, <laughs> we, we definitely digress. Um, <laughs> so Judy has spent the entire movie making Angela's life hell. I don't know why. She's just a horrible person. Well, she hates she hates Angela. It, it's unclear why at the beginning. I mean, later, because she's getting attention from Paul, and that just yeah. really, really gets Judy's goat. But at the beginning, I'm not well, sure why. She's everyone hates Angela because she won't talk. Like, it, w- within... Which is a great reason right, to hate a person. one second or one response of not talking to them, like, hey, Angela, are you going to swim? And Angela will just stare oddly at them. And then they immediately fly into a rage. Why aren't you talking to me? Why won't you look at me? Like, Angela's not talking spins everybody into a furious rage within moments of her not saying something. God, I hate quiet <laughs> I mean, it is the worst. It absolutely, I mean, if there are any kids listening to this or any parents listening to this, you should make sure your kid answers people when they are spoken to, because otherwise it might send them into a furious rage. <laughs> Why aren't <laughs> you talking? What's wrong with you? What's, what is wrong with you? And all she's doing is not talking. She's sitting there very, very yeah. politely, too, you know, just kind of sitting up. Nice, nice kid. She's not nope. making mean faces. She's not nope. pushing anybody. Just Angela doesn't seems like, like to a talk. really sweet girl. She does. She seems she really does. nice. If I were a teacher, I'd Absolutely. want her in my class because she keeps her yeah, fucking mouth shut. Absolutely, right? She's, she's the perfect child. You know, minus the homicidal <laughs> tendency, she's amazing. So Judy, who has, again, just really made Angela's life hell. She is just the meanest of mean girls. It's now time for her to die. Uh, she stays back, doesn't go to the socials. She's in her, she's in her cabin curling her hair in complete darkness. No lights on. In, in the cabin at all. And she's curling her hair with a curling iron. And then somebody comes in. And <laughs> true, true to this movie, Judy says, oh, it's you. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, and then I'm not sure I completely understand. Oh, uh, I think you this, understand. This, Go ahead. This murder Go here. ahead. What, what, what happened? Okay, so... She's laying in the bed, and then a, a pillow goes over her face, and then the the curling iron is picked up, and I don't know where it goes. Exactly. It goes in her vagina. Now, I did not. Whoa! I mean, that's immediately where I was like, you know, they should they should definitely have her shove the curling iron in the vagina. She but I does. eighty three. I didn't. I couldn't tell. How could you tell it was in the vagina? It is. That is a good question because that's what I asked my wife. Because you know, I again, I knew about this death. It's. I'm a horror movie fan. I remember this very vividly like i remember this movie vividly and i've researched this movie over the years to see where it was filmed and blah 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 and uh so that's kind of a notorious death like everybody knows that the the curling iron is she's killed by via curling iron to the vagina so i wasn't super paying attention to the scene while i was watching it uh with my wife earlier and or yesterday or whenever we watched it and i said so did it, you know, did it go in her vagina or whatever? And she said, yeah, absolutely. And I said, how could you tell? And she said, you could just tell. So I don't know if it was the shadows on the wall or what, but apparently the understanding is, yes, she was killed via the curling iron going in her vagina, which, man, 1983, I, I don't know. I, maybe you could get away with that these days. But Listen, Alex, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> uh I don't think... Nor do I play one on television. I don't think that's true. Are you I, sure? I, I don't understand 
I mean, how long does a curling iron have to be in one's vagina before it kills? I, you know, it made me think of when I was a kid and we'd play war or whatever. There were, like, two ways to kill a guy. It was shoot him in the head or you you shoot him in the penis. That's That was the <laughs> understanding of me and my boyhood friends was there were really two ways to, like, immediately die. And it was, you know, you get your head cut off or you get shot in the head or whatever. Or you get your penis cut off or get shot in the penis. Like, that was immediate death when I was a kid. I did not question it. I just was like, oh, okay, I guess it's, you know, it's a vital organ, and boom, you get, you get shot in the penis, you're a dead man. I realize now that, well, <laughs> I will say, thinking about this scene and its ability to kill a person, I did think, wait a second, you don't die if you just get shot in the penis so like so she's suffocated by the pillow and is it is it maybe both things kill her suffocation and a and a curling iron in the vagina maybe which i'm still it. not convinced it went in her vagina i'm not either we can look up the scene uh you know and and, and see i believe that that is i mean that's just kind of the understanding of it and again i don't have a computer in front of me uh because i can't be in my office because it's loud in there right now so i can't really look this up but I believe that's the understanding. Don't so Angela, who weighs 10 pounds, murders a girl, one hand over a pillow suffocating her, one hand on a curling iron, presumably putting it into the woman's vagina. And this Judy girl, who is larger and I'm assuming stronger, can't do anything. Uh, that certainly appears to be the case. I mean, Angela gets the she gets the drop on it. Well, she doesn't get the drop on anybody. Everybody knows they're there. You can tell because they go, "Oh, not you again!" <laughs> Before every single death. But uh, yeah, I and I hadn't thought about the pillow thing. Maybe she is suffocating. Here's one theory: uh, Judy, in a moment of conscience, realizes she's been a terrible person. And just accepts death. She just doesn't fight. Just leads she doesn't into know it. what I've been an asshole. I deserve to die. And she just accepts death. I don't think Judy has that in her, but uh, whatever. We, you're right. You're right. She's we, a horrible person. We did look up what Judy has done since then. And I think the answer was nothing. Uh, <laughs> I think this is the only role Judy ever played other than a movie called Judy. That is, I think, kind of recent. And I, th and I think it deals with her character from this movie. I mean, do you not have a phone or a computer in front of you? Can you not look this stuff up for us? I'm looking at her. I'm looking at Judy, Karen Fields, popping up her IMDb here. I'd love to meet her. I'd love to get her autograph. I, as you know, I collect various horror movie things. And over the years, every time a horror convention comes close to town because of what I do, I'm able to get in and I will often interview these people and I'm saving all of these interviews from people that run iconic horror movies, uh, for a project. It looks one like day. everything she's done is related to sleepaway camp. She's done three things. She did sleepaway camp. She did Judy. What is Judy? And then she did the official, uh, sleepaway camp documentary. I didn't know there was a documentary. Damn, we should have watched that first. We would have so much more knowledge. Um, oh, yeah. And then you said, I mean, we know that there are at least three sequels to this. There's Sleepaway 2, Camp 2, Sleepaway Camp 3, and then there's Return to Sleepaway Camp, right? 
Yeah, and, yeah, that's actually the same director as the first one. And you say some of the cast returns. Yeah, yeah, some of the cast returned for the uh, for the return to Sleepaway Camp. But Judy can't be in that, right? Because she died <laughs> via curling iron to vagina. How much of this cast could return? Ricky and Angela? That cop I... with the mustache? <laughs> yeah, the cop's back. I want to see what Angela does next. She does she does a lot of horror movies. She does B-horror movies. Anyway, I don't mean the actor. I mean Angela. Oh, what happens to a little girl like that? She grow Well, if you go to Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, which I've seen, of course. I've not seen Return to Sleepaway Camp. But she changes identities, gets a new identity, comes back to the camp, and becomes a camp counselor. And then she murders people who are not pure, who are not being good campers. So if they have sex or they do drugs or whatever, Angela kills them. And she has like a little secret cabin in the woods where she, you know, does her stuff. And, uh, and that is, and she's played by Bruce Springsteen's little sister. Mm, Pamela Springsteen. Pamela Springsteen plays Angela and the other ones. Felissa Rose, the one who plays Angela in this, does a string of B-horror movies. She's very pretty now. In fact, oddly enough, I spoke to Felissa Rose by email a couple of times this week. I was supposed to interview her yesterday in Oklahoma City, but I just could not make it down. I was going to interview her and the guy that played uh, Michael Myers in the Rob Zombies mo- Rob Zombie movies, uh, who is in, I believe he's in that new Jupiter's whatever on Netflix. He's, he's like a legitimate actor, uh, but I just couldn't get down there, so I had to write and cancel. They were, and she was super nice about it. She was, one, immediately super nice about doing the interview, and then... Two shortly thereafter, when I had to cancel, she was immediately nice about that. Said, "Oh, hopefully we can do it in the future." So, very nicely. Oh, buddy, what? I uh, I mean, you canceled on Angela. I yeah. that does not bode well. It does for not. You. It it's possible that this could be bad for me. Yeah, you're going to end up dead. I mean, it's not going to make any sense how you die, and likely you would have been able to not die had you done anything to try and stop it. Well, if she, yeah. if she listen, unfortunately, if if she happens to catch this podcast, uh, I will probably be shot uh, in the penis or have my penis cut off because, as we know, <laughs> that is a, is the best way to kill a guy. Uh, so, all right, so we've got that death, we've got the pillow, we've got the uh, the curling iron. What's the next death? Next death is Mel. He's out there looking for the killer. I believe he does confront Ricky. I think doesn't he like knock Ricky out? Yeah, he beats the holy shit out of yeah, old Ricky. He beats the shit out he's of Ricky. He's over him, and he's punching down with his fist, which may or may not have been making contact. It looked like they were on either side of Ricky, but he's supposed to be beating up Ricky, and he, he does a good job on that little kid. Yeah, he beats crap out of Ricky, and then and then he's at the, I guess he's at the archery range or something, I don't know. And oh, that's right. He's that's shot right. through the throat with an arrow, and that looked pretty good. Again, a nice special effect. It looked, I mean, it looked like that arrow went through him. Did he say, oh, it's you, before the arrow went through his neck? I'm sure he did. I don't remember, but I'm sure he was like, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) 
So the arrow goes through his neck, and then he goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's just, we just didn't catch it because it was gurgled or something. Uh, <laughs> so at some point thereafter, Mel, you know, Mel meets his maker. He's done. At some point before that or right after that, Angela, talking to Paul, says, hey, meet me down at the lake. Meet me at the lake at some time or whatever. And he's like, ah, oh, cool, you know, because she's been a little standoffish. And now he knows he's he's going to finally score. Mm-hmm. Meets her down at the lake. Uh, and <laughs> she very hauntingly and creepily says, take your clothes off. And he's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and immediately starts stripping down. Uh, we cut away. We are back with Ronnie and maybe one of, and like a female counselor. All hell's broken loose. They found a lot of dead bodies. They know something's going on. They're trying to find all the campers. And they're like, where's Angela? Where's Angela? I think she's down at the lake. Ronnie and the female counselor run down to the lake. And there with uh, her back turned to them is Angela, naked, uh, with Paul laying in her lap like his head is in her lap and she is humming you know, mm-hmm. and i'll let you take it from here because you know as a child what what unfolds next was shocking to me uh as an adult you didn't find it as shocking i did not see that coming because i thought paul and angela you know they were kind of hitting it off i thought maybe they would have a little romance i thought he was safe because he was nice but then i think he tries to force her to uh to get down with him which well paul ends up without a head his body's laying there she's humming his decapitated head in her lap and uh and then they're like hey what's going on at some point well the big reveal she turns around Makes this sound. Alex, can you do the sound? I can't can remember the sound. I can't really do the sound. It is, it is uh, unnerving and uncomfortable. It's this guttural growl breathing thing. Uh, uh. How can it be? Oh, God, she's a boy. It is, uh, it is like animalistic. Uh, it is awful, and and really the shot here that we're looking at, it just I think it's one of the reasons that it's so unnerving. It does not look natural. It is an Ooh. odd pose of the body. Angela's head is appears to have been superimposed on this drawing of a beast man. I don't know. Is it a beast man or is it just muddy? I'm not sure what's going on down there. I couldn't tell if they superimposed a head. Uh, Was she wearing an Angela mask? Either way, what we're supposed to see is a a little naked kid. Angela, it turns out, has a penis, is a little boy. And so we get full frontal child nudity. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't really think about it that way, but you're absolutely right. We did. 
get full frontal Well, this movie's chock full of just all sorts of inappropriate, you know, things you just couldn't get away with now. Right, Um, but again, I don't believe it's an actual child's body, which also would explain why it looks so weird and that it would be a drawing uh, is because, you know what, you couldn't show a little kid naked, so that makes sense of why it looks like a drawing. The face, there is some movement in her face. Like, I did notice while she's growling, her tongue is moving, but she's, like, looking off into the distance, and her mouth is open. She looks like a beast. (laughs) It is really, it is unsettling. It is, I remember the first time I saw it as a kid, I was like, what the hell is this? I could not believe what I was seeing. So the deal is, all this time, we thought Angela was the little girl who survived the boating accident from the start of the movie. As it ends up, it's the little boy who survives, not the little girl. And when the little boy goes to live with the crazy-ass woman who is her aunt, Ricky's mom, the doctor, who talks in that weird 1940s, you know, non-regional dialect movie talk, uh, she says, you know, I've always wanted a little girl. It wouldn't do to have two little boys. Won't Ricky be so excited when he comes home and has a little sister? So she then raises the boy, Angela, whatever his name actually is, uh, as Angela, a girl. Which which clearly messed her up because she then becomes a homicidal maniac. Yeah, yeah. I I can't. I mean, that was one of the most what the fuck endings I've seen uh, on any old slasher movie. Uh, it we screamed at the television when we were watching it at home. Screamed in fear or screamed like how? how <laughs> explain your screams to me. Outrage! Outrage! Uh, we were appalled. <laughs> we were what the? Did they just? Can they what? Yeah. It's- how? It was confusing. It was uh, definitely unexpected. And I think it puts Sleepaway Camp in a uh, a small group of movies that that really, really gave me a what-the-fuck moment. I didn't see it coming. I was shocked that you had never seen Sleepaway Camp. I When I heard that, of course, I was like, well, we need to do this one because you had never seen it. So having viewed it with fresh eyes as an adult man uh, raising children... Uh, what what do you think? I mean, what'd you think of it? Would you recommend it? Absolutely. I think it's one of those everybody needs to see. And I mean, yeah, it's low budget. A lot of it doesn't make sense. But shot for shot, the thing shot really nice. The soundtrack is good. The acting is pretty. I mean, these kids pulled it off. You hate some of these kids. You love some of the others. They They did a damn good job on this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of making a slasher film, you don't want to turn off. I didn't get bored. I wanted to see where it was going. It was too weird to turn off. Yeah. And the ending, it's, that, that's, a, uh, that's an ending for the books. No question an ending for the books. I agree with you totally. I think I watch these movies a lot uh, kind of through nostalgic eyes with the 80s clothes and the you know camp horror movies, which you don't see a lot of these days. And... So I was, you know, I I didn't find any down moments in the movie, even upon rewatching it. I've seen it many times, but uh, I mean, maybe it drags in some spots, but like I don't notice because I'm enjoying just kind of the nostalgia of the 80s and, you know, the clothes people are wearing and the hairstyles and stuff like that. But uh, 
I really don't think it drags. I think it has a nice, you know, three act structure where, you know, we're, we're introduced to these people. We're given a little bit of mystery right off the top. We don't know how that's going to fit in. We meet the characters, things start happening, big reveal in the end, and then everything's wrapped up. I wouldn't say in a tidy bow, but <laughs> you know, we, we know what, we know what happened. I mean, I think, I think it's a, I mean, it's a good movie. I, I not only would recommend it, I do recommend this movie to people all the time. It's a must-see, especially if you like a slasher movie. It's not it's not a classic slasher. It kind of takes its own twist on it. Uh, I would strongly recommend it. Um and do we can we do we have to make a a crying game comparison? You have to because you did earlier when we spoke about this, but you think <sighs> you think the crying game drew some inspiration from this in some way? I, they are both movies that end with the big reveal being uh, a, a penis. It's been a girl through the whole movie, then at the end, oh, look, there's a penis. The absolute opposite of a porn movie. Where the yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think there are any other. You know, I, I'd have to go watch The Crying Game again because it's been a long time to see if there are any other similarities, but, you know, Immediately uh, when the big reveal happened, I was like, crying game. I'm going to guess there are no other similarities. Now, I've never finished the crying game. I've only made it. It The crying game is one of those movies where I uh, I do find it drags, uh, like kind of towards the middle. I mean, there's like some kind of hostage situation thing going on, right? Or like somebody's kidnapped or something. And some of those scenes were so slow. I could never finish the crying game. I do know how it ends. I mean, I know the big, you know, I, I know what goes on. So I think the, I would guess the only similarity is that in the end, this character you thought was one sex ends up being another. It's got to be worth One of my other favorite things about Sleepaway Camp, 84 minute runtime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect runtime. You and I talk about this all the time. If it's going to be two hours, it better be amazing. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, there's very few movies that warrant the the two or two plus hour runtime that they have. I love 84 minute. I looked at the the uh, their sleepaway camps. I think every one of them is under two hours, and most of them are. An, about well, an that hour said, and a half. this podcast about sleepaway camp has now been running for an hour and seventeen minutes. I just checked. So <laughs> this podcast, this podcast, well, we gotta be make amazing. sure. We got to make sure it's shorter than the movie. We don't have a whole lot of time left. What does that give us? Seven uh, more minutes? Something like that. I'm not good at math. But uh, yeah, I, I, math, math is tough. That's why I didn't do anything that would require math for a living. I was very bad at it. Um, but yeah, this is a great movie. Do you, since you're going to make the next pick, since I obviously picked this one, do you got any idea what you're going to pick? Oh, damn. I, dude, I'm the, you know, you don't have to pick now. Like this that. is something we can do off mic, but uh, I just wondered if you already had something. In oh, mind. I know what you'll want to watch. You'll be really excited to watch The Roost again because that was one Man. of your favorites, right? Uh, for those listening, uh, Micah often would suggest obscure horror movies to me because he knew I was a horror <laughs> movie fan. He made me watch The Roost, and I don't know. I'm sure somebody listening, if anybody's listening, I'm sure that people like that movie i am not one of those people i mean i don't really remember it i mean that was like what 15 years ago 12 years ago something like that uh it was bad it was so bad and michael was like oh it's so good it's so 
it's it's guy you gotta watch it you can't not watch it and i will tell you right now i could have not watched it i'm so sorry you didn't like it uh you know there's some fans out there they're probably gonna be upset you know what i will give it a second shot i'm happy to do that do we know if that is on shutter I have no idea, and I'm not settled on doing the roost. That was just a joke, just a jab at you, just a hey. Remember when I made you watch a and movie I'll you never hated? Forget it. Uh, I don't know what we'll do next time. Ooh, ooh, should it be a cliffhanger? Do they have to stay tuned to find out what we'll watch uh, next? I mean, I suppose so. But wherever we upload this podcast, uh, episode one will say Sleepaway Camp, and then episode two will also probably have the title of what we're doing. So. The, Damn the, it! Kind of takes away the the suspense there, uh, but yeah, you you can think about it. I really do like the idea of doing Shutter movies, not just because we both have access to it, but because uh, because Shutter's got a nice collection of movies I've seen, and then we know that there is a platform where people can watch it if they have Shutter. This episode has been brought to you by Shutter. It sounds like they're a sponsor the way you're talking about it. And if I, you know, I think you're working on well, it. I we, think that's we what should, you're trying to we do. We should work on that. You're trying to get Shutter to sponsor us. We should. I, it wasn't. It wasn't, but now I think we should. Uh, although there's probably a million horror movie podcasts out there mm-hmm. that are like, will you please yeah, but none of them are, are as good as this one. Uh, none of the but, other ones uh, already have Skittles as a sponsor like we do. Taste the rainbow, Skittles. It's delicious. <laughs> I saw somebody post a picture of all lime Skittles today. Did no, you know that's a I thing? Don't like you that. buy a bag of all lime Skittles? Taste the rainbow. It's not taste the one oh, color. You know, it's just... not taste the lime. It's taste the rainbow. Well, what does a rainbow taste like? Really? Gold. I know exactly what I'm getting into. with. If it said taste the lime, I know what I'm getting into. Taste the rainbow? I don't know so much. Uh, so, Okay. So I don't know where we're going to post this podcast. I don't know how that whole process works. I'm going to figure that out. Once we do, listeners, please give us a Smash like that like button. Subscribe. Check out the merch. Stars. Yeah. <laughs> please do subscribe. Uh, maybe we will have merch one day. I don't know. But this is just a lot of fun. This is more for Micah and I than anything because we love talking about horror movies. We love talking. We have a good time. This is fun. I think the next movie we do, you should pick something Joe Bob Briggs did so we can watch the Joe Bob Briggs version of that movie. Because we both we both love Joe Bob. And so we Oh God, I love him. I'm Uh, kidding, Joe Bob. We love you. I do love him. But that could be like a twofer for us. That could be a twofer for us. We not only do we get to see Joe Bob Briggs, but a twofer we for us? see the movie. All right, so that's it for this week. I don't know how often we're gonna do these. Once a month, two a month, something like that. I guess we'll figure that out. Time allowing. But this was two a day. Two a day. Two a day it is. I'll see you at We're three. Quitting our job. I'm gonna go get something to eat, come back for part two. Uh we probably need to watch that movie first. Uh so thank you for listening, everybody, and uh we'll see you in about two hours. You're a real peckerhead, you know that, Meg? Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. Do you have to kiss so wet? You have to kiss so wet, which is probably what we should have titled this podcast. (laughs) Discussion of contemporary horror.